Thanks for tuning in to Hungry Gen Audio Podcast. It would mean the world to us if you could help us spread the gospel message of Jesus by subscribing to, sharing, and leaving a review on this podcast. We are believing to see thousands saved locally and millions globally. Thanks and enjoy this week's message. Judges 6 verses 12, it says this. And when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. And this is, this is how, we, how Gideon replied to most of us. He says, excuse me, Lord. He said, pardon me, Lord. Gideon replied, but if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where is all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us out of the Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. How many of you guys ever, ever asked God? You know, when the pastor preaches, says, God is on your side. You're like, really? If he's on my side, like, excuse me, you're really saying that God is on my You're really telling that I am victorious? You're really telling me God can use us? Anybody ever said that to God before? And this is where Gideon found himself in. But the, the funny part is God is like, didn't pay attention to what he said to him. He just continued going. God's like, okay, heard that before. And verse 14 says, the Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have. And save Israel out of the Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Again, Gideon's like, excuse me. It's part of me, my Lord. Gideon replied, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh. And I am the least in my family. And God, again, just like ignores him and says, I will be with you. And you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. We have to understand many times we believe the lie the Satan always gives us that we are not enough. We can't do it. The dreams and the visions that God has given us, you don't know my mistakes. You don't know my shortcomings. You don't know where I've been through. Many of you that are watching live right now or sitting here, you might be saying, I'm still struggling. I'm still addicted. I'm still a sinner. You know, I have so many things that, are, that you don't know my life. But we have to understand with God, he doesn't, he doesn't create superheroes. He empowers regular people like you and I with what we have. If God always waited for you to become mighty and all these things, his strength would have been never manifested in our weakness. God always looks for those that he can make his strength be perfect in our weakness. Because if God always chose the qualified, he would never be glorified. If God always looked for those people who had it all, then his name would never get the glory. God always looks for those who are available, who are weak, who have shortcomings, who come out of the background of mess-ups, of mistakes and all these things. Maybe you are perfect. Maybe you don't have nothing. But understand that God can only manifest his strength in your weakness. And we have to understand that there's somebody out there that needs your testimony to, to get out out of their desperate situation what you have is enough for somebody to receive their breakthrough their salvation and their healing like we watched the video earlier you know two people who were driving in the cab was an answer to somebody's desperate situation they might not have been pastors they might not have been preachers they might not have been anything the regular cab drivers brought the word of god of salvation of hope of healing and somebody's destiny was changed for the whole life what you and i have is enough 
for somebody to get out out of their desperate situation. The little bit of God's word that you have, the little bit of encouragement, the little bit of help, the, the weakness that you feel like you don't have enough, it is enough for somebody's life to get better. Amen, church? And that's where Gideon was at. He, he, was, he felt like he received so much defeat in his life. He felt like, look, we were captives. We didn't have enough. But God wanted to remind him. It is not that by your might and not by your power that I will bring salvation and victory to this city. But it's through my strength and through my power in your weakness will be made whole and you will see the work of God being accomplished. Amen, church? If, you have, if you're going to be writing some notes this morning, I just want to start off with the first thing is that, that your life is an overflow of your relationship with God. Is an overflow of your relationship with God. What you will have in your life will be an overflow of how you spend your life with God. And it is not about the work that we do, but the relationship that we maintain and the atmosphere that is produced by that relationship. You know, we have to always pray and ask God that God take me deeper with you do not take me any further until you take me deeper because we have to understand that high places are slippery places and without God you will not be able to survive Jesus brings a parable and he says that look there's two people that built their life one built on the sand one built on the rock and and we always have to understand that life happens to each and one of us will be a pastor will be a saint will be a sinner life will happen to each one but it will only determine if you stand and how deep you are rooted with God. Life does not choose the rich, the poor, the famous or not famous. It will come against everyone. But only you'll be able to stand if you're anchored on the word of God and on Jesus. When you take care of the depth of your relationship with God, he will take care of the width of your success. The deeper you go with God, the further he'll be able to elevate you. Be afraid of asking for blessing if you can't go deeper. Be afraid of asking to God bless me this until your roots go deeper with God. Because you have to understand when life hits and you're not anchored in Jesus, it will be as good as if you never had that blessing. It will be better to be known not to have the blessing than to have it and to lose it. See, Job knew that. He understood that without God, he is nothing. So when he had everything, he continued coming to God because he knew when I have everything, I'll still praise the Lord. And when I have nothing, I'll still depend on God as if I have everything. And then when life did come against him, he stood on the solid rock of salvation, which was Jesus Christ. Take care of your depth of your relationship with God. Tell your neighbor, take care of the depth of your relationship with God. A lot of viewers begin to begin to understand that the depth of your relationship with God is more important than the success that you have in your life. Because God will only be able to build higher on your life when you go deeper with him. The depthness with God will be able to determine your enjoyment of the blessing when it does come. Many times blessings comes and it feels like it's a curse. Because we're not rooted deeper with God. God is able to help us to enjoy the blessings of God because blessings brings pressure. Blessings brings stress. Brings, blessings brings, you know, anxiety, all these things. And if you're not deeply rooted in God, the source of your blessing, those blessings quickly become a headache, become a nightmare. It was feel like it's better that I never had this blessing than I have it now. God wants you to take care of the depth of your relationship with him. 
God wants us to go deeper. God wants us to go further with him. We live a life saying to God, I am nothing with you. God, I need you more than I needed you yesterday. I know that you blessed me with the house. I know you blessed me with the marriage. You blessed me with the job. With this. But God, I, these things are just material. I need you more than anything because you are my blessing provider. Without you, I can't go further. Without you, I don't want to go anywhere until you bless me. Until you take me deeper. Until I hear your voice. Until I know you and I walk with you. Amen, church? We believe that we are a praying church. We believe that we are a church that we give the opportunity for each and one of us to be able to spend time with God. Our Monday through Fridays, our Sunday, uh, our evening services. And we we'll always we talk about this because we understand that without God, we are nothing. Without God, he holds a breath. He holds the heartbeat in his hand. He, he's the, the author and the finisher. Of it. He knows us inside out. Without him, we do not know how to enjoy life. We do not know what it is life. We do not know the abundance of life. Why? Because he's the creator of it. Without him, what only brings us to lack and the, the emptiness of what his life is all about. And just like we watched this testimony, the higher you go, the emptier life becomes. Why? Because the source of that blessing is Jesus Christ. Amen. The further we go, the harder it becomes. I remember this quote that one, one man of God said. He said, the best man in this world holds his integrity, holds his position, and holds his honor no longer than God holds him in it. We are what we are because of his grace. We have what we have because of his grace. We can do what we can do because of God's grace. The moment God's grace lifts from our lives we are left to our weaknesses the moment God's grace lifts from our from our lives we are left to our temptations to these two attacks of the enemy so we depend on God as if everything and everything depends on him and we pray and we work as everything depends on us amen church so we have to live a lifestyle the more and further God will bless us and God will bless us God is a good loving father. We have to understand that the earthly father compares evil to our heavenly father. But the goodness of God will fail in our lives if we are not ready to take on the blessings. The foundation has to go deeper before the building goes higher. See, I have a son. His name is Vince. He always wants to drive. He wants to drive a car. As every time he wants to drive. And sometimes I put him in my lap and we go, we go driving. It's bad, but we drive. It'd be very evil of me as a father to give him a car, even though the car can handle it, even though the road can handle it. Everything else can handle it except him. So I will disprove my love towards my son by giving him a blessing. Why? Because he cannot handle it. God many times withholds the blessing and we look at God and say, God, why can't you give me this? God, why are you not blessing me? But God says, I want to prove my love towards you from withholding this blessing because this blessing comes with attacks and you can't handle it. This blessing comes with temptation and you can't handle it. This blessing, it has a slippery slope and you can't handle it. So my love towards you is going to be proven by withholding that blessing. That's why many times God wants us to position ourselves deeper in him 
so we can go higher. The deeper you go with God, you'll see how automatically things will come and begins to chase you. And, and you feel like, God, why is all the things happening? Because your roots are going deeper with God. Because your devotion with God is becoming more solid. You're saying, God, if you bless me or not, I'll still be loyal. I'll still serve. I'll still do what you call me to do because you are my blessing provider. Joseph understood that. So that's why in the dry pit, he said, you know what, God, if I have everything, I don't have everything, you're still my provider. You still are my blessing. When God started to elevate Joseph, Joseph was still a man where people saw him and said, God is with this man. Why? Because Joseph never let go of God when things let go of him. Joseph never let go of God when betrayal took place, when backstabbing, where blackmail, where things turned out where he was sold as a slave. God, Joseph never let go of God and said, God, you, I know these things may happen, but I want to go deeper in you. And even at this point of his highest career, felt like he achieved at the part of his house. He was tossed back into jail because God said, look, I needed you one more thing to prepare you for the throne to come. And Joseph was faithful. Joseph held on to God and said, God, I'll do whatever I need to do. I'll translate dreams even though my own dream is on delay. And God said, I see that. And now you're ready for the blessing. And that's when the promotion begins to come. Tell your neighbor, take care of the depth of your relationship with God. Amen, 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 amen. The little that you have with Jesus is a blessing. Then the abundance that you have without him will become a curse. The little bit that God has given us, the little bit of strength that you feel like that you have, the little skill that you have with Jesus is a blessing. Then the abundance that you have without him sooner or later becomes a curse. Take care of the depth of your relationship with God and God will begin to take care of the width of your success and it will begin to take you higher because without him we are nothing. Amen church? The second point is that when, when the Lord comes to Gideon, he says, what do you have? What do you have? Ask your neighbor right now, what do you have? I know what I have, but what do you have? And many times we begin to ask that and, and, and Satan will always make you seem weak. And many times it is true that we don't have much. We don't know much. But the, the, what Satan fails us and wants us not to understand that the strength that we have access to. See, our, our strength is us perfect weakness. The, the many times that we feel like, oh, I got this, I got this, this is. It is a perfect weakness. Our best days as a filthy rags before Jesus. Our perfect strength is as perfect weakness if it's without Jesus. So when we see those things, we have to understand we have access to someone that can give and empower that weakness to become perfect strength. To take the little bit that we have, bless it, multiply that it can feed 5,000 people around us. Why? Because the little that you have with the blessing of Jesus becomes a miracle. Amen. God wants us never to concentrate on the little or the much that we have. God wants us to see that whatever that we do have in his hands can be broken, be multiplied and becomes a miracle to other people around us. Amen, church? The little encouragement that you can give. The little, uh, you know, sharing of faith, you know, laying of hands when you see a sick person. The little bit that you feel like that you have, oh, I'm not a pastor, oh, I can't do this, or I don't have good management skills, or I don't have this, this, this. God says, through me, you can do all things through Christ that gives you strength. Amen, church? What do you have? The thing is with 
in, in the verse that's, the verse 14, when the Lord turns to Gideon, he says, look, go in the strength that you have. He never like told him, hey, I'm going to double this, what you have, you know. No, he says, go in the strength that you have and I'll be with you. That is it. That's what God wants us to understand. The little that we have, when we surrender to God, God says, I will be with you and I'll work through you. I don't want to just do it myself because God's like, I know I can do it. I want to do it through you so my name can be glorified in your life. Amen. What do you have? Many of us that we have dreams and visions that God has placed into our lives and God wants to bring you to pass. For some of us to be able to be a lawyer with the difference. Some of you to be a, a, a star in, in the music world and maybe in the fashion world. Maybe a doctor with the difference that his name is glorified. And you may ask, you know, I don't have the preachings because I don't have this, this, this. You know, I'm just a, a simple person. God says, I like the simple and I want the available. So that, that at the end when the miracle does come, you don't glory in yourself, but you glory in Jesus Christ. God wants us to live a life where we're dependent on him and we do everything and we say, God, without you, I'm nothing. The moment, God, you lift your strength, you lift your grace from my life, I would fall to my weakness. I would fall to temptation. I would fall to the attacks that is around us. Miracles always take place when we give Jesus what we have at our disposal. God, if you've seen over and over in, in the Bible, when Jesus comes to the disciples and they just want to send the people away. And Jesus says, well, what do you have? Look, we have nothing. We have just a little bit, just enough to feed for yourself. God, give it to me. When God comes to Moses and he says, you know, what do you have? He says, I just have a staff in my hands. God says, give it to me. You'll see my glory. When the prophet came to the widow that was dying, she had enough meal for her and her son just to die. And the prophet said, no, give it to me. And you'll see that you'll receive a miracle in your life. God is coming to you today, this morning, and is asking, what do you have? Give it to me because you'll see that weakness, that, the shortcoming, maybe the little bit that you have. When you give it to me and you trust me, you'll see how the miracles will begin to fall in your life. When this church was started, when our pastor had the vision from God to be able to do, you know, to receive revival in this city, to be able to see millions being impacted, God asked him, what do you have? And it was the teenagers. It's like, take them anyways. <laughs> I don't want them. <laughs> Our pastor, he believed. He said, God, I have. This is all I have. This is the team that I have. They don't speak English. They're still teenagers, stubborn as they get. And God took that little that, that was there. And today turned it to the worldwide movement. God takes the, 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 the foolish things of this world and he confounds the wise. He takes the thing that's the most unlikely that you look at. He said, nothing will turn out of it. But when you give it to Jesus, Jesus is like, no, you don't know what I can do with this little bit. I don't need much to prove my power. I don't need much to prove my healing, my salvation, my deliverance. All I need is a, is a person that does not speak, that has a history of murdering, and I can deliver a whole nation out of captivity of Egypt. You don't know what I need. I, I can take a slingshot from a, from a farmer boy that walks after the sheep, and I can slay down the biggest giant that the Philistine army has ever seen God can take the least that you have and turn it for his glory when we surrender him amen church what is at your disposal God always wants to empower us to be able to rely on him with the little bit that we have that we don't wait for the day God gave me this power now God says use this power that you have now and I'm gonna multiply it I'm gonna bless it 
you praying to God through my hands I want to see you know the sick healed begin to pray you know you come home you see somebody sick lay your hands on that and begin to pray that God's going to heal probably might be take a hundred people that you're going to pray for a hundred and one will get healed you might be praying for salvation and you're maybe preaching you're maybe doing this or that begin to do with the little bit that you have like the Lord told to get him, go in the strength that you have and I will be with you. If you're believing that God will use you to write books, begin to write blogs. Begin to be faithful with the little bit that you have. Begin to preach. Begin to share a life group. Start attending life group. Start attending a Sunday school. Start teaching our Sunday school so God can empower the little bit that you have. That sooner or later will turn in the world-renowned ministry into a place where you only can dream of why. Because his strength was made perfect in your weakness. Amen, church? In Proverbs eleven twenty four 24, it says, one, one person gives freely, it gains even more. Another withholds unduly, but comes to poverty. This talks about what we have, we have to give. What we have, we have to. We can't wait till we get more. God works the other way. God says, whatever you have, give, and I will give you more. I remember this one man of God told, said this. He says, I put myself in a position where God can't afford to lose me. He said, because through my life, there's a thousands of poor people that I feed every month. There's orphanages that I sponsor through my finances that every day they're praying for me. God bless this person, bless this person, because if you don't bless them, we don't have food. And it started off with a little bit. It started off with, you know, just a little that I have, I begin to share. And God says, I see that you're a channel. You're not, you're not a person that just holds and, and hoards for yourself. You're a person that the more I give you, the more you release. The more I give you, the more you release. That's why when it comes to tithing, God wants us to say, God, I, the more you give me, the more I'll give back. And you'll see how God will begin to give you more and more and more and more to a place where you'll be able to have more than enough. Now remember when before, before I got married to my wife Sylvia and, you know, and God you know, tested me with the car that I had. It was I was getting ready to get married, and I just had this car. I was going to fix it up. I'm going to flip it, make some money to pay for the partial of my wedding. I'm like, this is going to be good. I'm prepared for this. And right before the wedding, God's like, I want you, there's this family. I want you to give that away. I'm like, God, it's the little that I have. The only thing I have, you're asking for me. Ask for something else. Come on. It's the only thing. It's like, it's like Abraham, the only child I bless you with, give it to me. He's like, come on, really? Ask for something I have abundance with, but God wants to ask of you of the little that you have. And remember that the car that we gave, we blessed that family. Miraculously, somehow, we make over 10 grand at our wedding. Pays for the whole wedding. Pays for the ring. Pays for the engagement, the honeymoon, and leftover enough to buy another car to make some money on. Come on, let's put our hands together for Jesus. Moral of the story, get married twice. <laughs> God was faithful and God was, was, was waiting, waiting to ask, what do you have in your hands? At that point, I was like, God, it's, it's just enough for me to survive. The poor widow is like, if you, if you look at the story of poor widow, it's brutal. It's like, look, we're going to die. Leave us alone. God's like, no, I, I want that. Because uh, you don't know what I want to do with that little. I want to bless it to so much that you can't even, there's, there won't be enough for you to contain. 
We can't see God as a taker. We can't see God as God you want because God's like, dude, I'm good. You don't know my goodness. David said, taste and see that the Lord is good. You have to, you have to taste God. You have to, he said, you know, I've tried God and I found him to be faithful. I found him to be trustworthy. I found him to be pure. I found him to be worthy. I found him to be noble. I found him that he's the beginning and the end. He starts something. He'll never, never leave you in the middle until he finishes the work in your life. Give the little bit that you have at your disposal to, your, to God and you'll see what he'll do. God doesn't look at age. No, he used Moses. He was, he was pretty old. I don't know. Maybe he was. He was Abraham. He used David who's very young. God doesn't look at age. He doesn't look at status. He doesn't look if you're rich or poor. He just says, what do you have? And you're available for my glory to be manifest in your life. Yeah, Gideon was, was weak. Gideon was scared. Gideon was like, yeah, I've Come on, God, it's like you pick the weakest of the weakest of the weak. You know, that's, that's not what we do. And God says, that, that's what I like. Go in the strength that you have left. You've been praying for your family for a long time for salvation. God said, go in the strength that you have. You'll see the miracles that God has. Begin to serve. Begin to witness and begin to talk to the people that their sons and their daughters are still on drugs. And you'll see how through that, the little weakness that you still have the little prayer that you have God will begin to bring begin to bring glory in their life amen church begin to serve begin to you know we have many uh, places in the usher team and the Sunday's kids area into a place where you are able to give of your strength that you have and God will begin to multiply it through that gifts and talents will begin to flow why because what you have you gave you gave and God multiplied it. You gave and God blessed it. You gave and it fed thousands. You gave and millions were healed. You gave and the nations would turn around. Why? Because you trusted in God's strength to make perfect in your weakness. Amen, church? And the last one that I want you to understand is whatever you do, do it fully. Where the destiny that God has for you, it, it requires our full attention our full strength and our full focus you are you're you won't be able to continue to go if you just do it half halfway you know just like oh just you know i'm just gonna uh, just fake it till you make it no you have to give it your full you have to sell yourself sell yourself out completely you have to go all in with god because god that's what god wants god wants your full attention he just doesn't want half here half there god wants the best of you and all of you so he can manifest his power through your life it is with, with, with Gideon, when he was at that point, he couldn't be like, you know what, I'm just going just gonna to give what I, you know, what a little bit I have. I and mean, if it doesn't work, I'm just going to pick out. No, Gideon's like, oh, we're, okay, we're going. We're, we're, whatever we have, we're going. We're going to go full force. Yeah. Sell yourself out completely with God. The area that God has put you in, maybe it's putting being in charge of a life group. Do the best at it that you can. Maybe you're right now an employee and God says, be the best employee there ever was. Maybe you're a boss right now. God says, be the best, the best boss there ever was. If you're maybe right now, you're a husband, you know, be the best husband that you can be in that area. Maybe you're having a ministry, you're running a home group, or you're serving. Do the best that you can and you'll see how God will begin to increase that. When, when Joseph was at the lowest point of his life, after he felt like God betrayed him after going to the jail, so I've been faithful in one area, he still did the best in the jail cell, and that's what landed him to his throne. Now, God puts us through certain positions to prepare us. He knows the next level that you're going to 
will require the skill of this season. Certain seasons do not make sense. Certain seasons feel like they're abandonments. Certain seasons feel like God left us, God forsake us. But God says, this is this the area where I need to prepare because the next level has more pressure. And because of my love for you, I can't take you there because it will crush you. My love for you will be proven. My withholding of the blessing until your character is built enough to receive that blessing. You know, a few years back, you know, I prayed for a business. Now I pray that God take it away sometimes. <laughs> it's so much pressure. It feels like God is at certain points like, did you abandon us? Did you take us to this place? I feel like Israelites complaining. Did you take us out of Egypt to kill us here in the wilderness? Sometimes people feel like that in marriage too. When they, they pray for a marriage and they get into marriage and they see, you know, just disagreements and fights. And they're like, God, did you... Did you bring us to this place to abandon us? But God is a God that never leaves or forsakes us. Maybe he's silent at that moment. But he said to Gideon, he says, go and I will be with you. That's the promise that God has to each and one of us. He says, look, my spirit will be with you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll never leave you orphan. That at that time of silence, at the time of abandonment that you think that it's not there, God's like, I am with you. You can rely on my strength. That is why many times it is foolish of us to depend on our skill and what we can do on ourselves. But it is wise to depend on him. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. He knows our next steps. He wants us to go to the destiny where thousands and millions will be impacted through our lives. Maybe it will not be thousands and millions, but maybe it will be one person that you impact that will change millions of people around you. Remember the story of, uh, of Billy Graham, you know, the businessman that met in a little ranch home. You know, the little altar call that they offered, little did they know, they impacted the billions of people through one person's life. Don't ever underestimate what God can do through your little prayer. Don't ever underestimate the, the hands that you lay on, hands on the sick and through the miracle how God's glory will begin to manifest in your life. Whatever you have at your disposal, God says, you will see my strength being manifested. Amen, church? Hey, guys. I hope you enjoyed this week's message. If you like what you've heard, you can find more of this great content on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok, and even Pinterest. In other words, we would love to connect with you for the latest and greatest info on all conferences and internships. Remember, better is not good enough. The best is yet to come.